the people that don't look at you, don't focus on those people. Focus on the people who are looking at you. And then focus on empowering the people who are, are wanting that more and better that you have to offer. Welcome to Sales Made Easy, a podcast for business and personal growth. Join Harry Spade as he hosts sales experts and business owners who share their journeys of personal growth and business success. Now, here's your host, Harry. Bridget Hom is joining us on the Sales Made Easy podcast. Bridget, so great to see you. I appreciate the small conversation and warm up here in the beginning. And what is the good word? Harry, it's always a great day to empower the person in front of you, no matter what. Oh, my goodness. I feel empowered. So, Bridget, tell our friendly audience what it is you do and who you serve to get us rocking and rolling here. You know, the people who hire me are typically entrepreneurs or leaders or coaches who want more and better. They want the one-stop shop for entrepreneurship and sales, branding, marketing, mindset, and social media so that, well, they can empower more people with their solution and monetize their influence. Ah, I found out my challenge is my battery is low. All right, we're going to no. have to we're gonna have to edit some more. I'll be right back. Let's see. Come on now. Battery, don't do this to me. Oh, no. You know, I hate when my internet tells me I'm unstable. Have I done this before? No. Is this like my first podcast ever? I think it is. You're a podcast virgin. Okay. All right, great. So... I don't need to go back because I can edit it all out with the script. So starting again. So, so Bridget, as you work with various entrepreneurs on their journey, what, what would you say is one of the challenges you're seeing more and more of these days that uh, maybe we could help some people out here today? You know, I was actually doing a marketing show this morning and, and we started talking about how most of us in the entrepreneurship world we focus on the wrong things first, right? We want to launch, we want to launch a website. We want to have the business cards, even though we're doing business all virtually. But we want to have everything set up perfectly in the structure for us to successfully sell and market ourselves. But the truth is, in the world of entrepreneurship, we build the plane while we're flying it. And so the number one business blind spot that I'm seeing this year and with the hundreds of entrepreneurs that I've worked with is that we put on blinders. We don't want to look at our competition because if we look at them in the face, we're going to feel like the imposter. There's always someone more successful than us. There's always someone who's making more money than us. But the truth is you need to look your competition dead in the eye and say, you know, what are you doing that I can do better? You know, what are you doing well that I can say, man, that is awesome. Instead of saying, oh, poor me. You know, I, I'm, I'm becoming the imposter. I can't be enough. I can't be better. I, I can't compare with that person. Doing organic market research is one of the biggest strategies that entrepreneurs and coaches want to master to successfully monetize their influence and really serve their target market. That's what I would say, Harry. Yeah, I love it. And this whole concept of the imposter syndrome, I was listening to a Mel Robbins podcast one time. A big fan of hers. She's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about, I think she was talking to her daughter. I mean, she, her kids being around her all the time are actually pretty bright too. And her daughter, who is a musician, went to this show. She's been a musician, but then she's around all these paid performing artists. 
And her challenge was, she said, I felt like an imposter just being around these people. So she was in the club room. And then she said, it dawned on me, this is like a 22 year old, which I love brilliance from such young people. She said, I realized I wasn't an imposter. I was just new. And it just was such a light bulb moment for me when I compared myself to, you know, people like, okay, let's throw out Zig Ziglar or I'll never be Zig Ziglar, somebody like that. Right. So talk to me. What's your thought on that? Well, and you wouldn't want to be, you know, like the best business advice I have ever received was actually from my first business partner when I had a placement agency. And he said, Bridget, just be you. I'm Mm. like, what do I have to do? How, what do (laughs) to say what is you know when you get to that mode like starting out your business i did a lot of things wrong but you know this is one of the things that i i was able to get right most of the time which is just be you when you're building your brand you're building your brand based on who you're being when you're doing and so that advice that that i got every time i go back into that place where i'm like all right how am i going to show up on this podcast mm. how am i going to show up with the person in front of me you know, when I get to that next level, when I get on stage, how am I going to show up? And just that little voice in the back of my head says, hey, Bridget, just be you. Yeah. And you're pretty good at being you. Uh, I think so. I think I might have mastered that for <laughs> 99% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I remember getting the same advice. And when I started in sales, it's funny, but my <laughs> sales leader said, just be yourself. When you can be yourself, that's when you'll succeed. And I'm like, I, how do I be myself? Right. It just is like, you start questioning it, but eventually you just kind of relax and then you can be who you are. And then you don't care so much about not whatever, not knowing something or, you know, something is new to you. You can say, what's that? Or what did you, do you mind repeating that? Didn't quite catch it. Things like that, where you just say, I don't have to look like I am a doctor to help somebody buy something. Right. So what's your thought? No, I agree. And if we try to look like our competition or like a doctor, when we're clearly not, it's going to actually repel our prospects from mm. wanting to work with us. You know, I was just talking about going back to the whole attracting prospects because we talking about sales, right? Our yeah. favorite topic, right, Harry? Yes. Sales of people, business people, people leveling up. It's so exciting, you know? <laughs> Getting people to get in that place where they're like, I see success as possible, or I see success as inevitable. I think that's what drives us to to stay in this lane of, you know, how we're inspiring and empowering people in the coaching, consulting, the speaking area. It's like knowing that whatever we do or say is authentically will help someone else to show up authentically and sit in their area of genius. I would say that's what really propels us every single day. Because honestly, sales is very simple. You would agree, right? I would agree. Because if someone like me could do it, trust me, folks, it's simple. Right. Or me, when I launched into entrepreneurship, you know, I, I tell the story. I was on my way to getting Zoom divorced. I just moved out of my big, beautiful home. I was in an apartment with my three young savages, my sweet children. And <laughs> I, I mean, I gotta, they're getting larger. They're larger savages and hairier and smellier. And the thing with boys. <laughs> Not pretty for a while. What? They come around again, eventually. They go from cute to really awkward and then they'll come around later. Oh my gosh. Well, I adore them. I adore them a hundred percent. 
forever and ever. But when I was launching my business, I was like, they're, they're going in the laundry basket, putting 10 pairs of socks on. And I'm like trying to work with the people who are in the zoom world with me. And it was just a beautiful mess when I launched into entrepreneurship. But what I learned from sales was this, just having the conversations, just taking imperfect action, scheduling 25 appointments a week based on your hours of operation. Very important to have hours of operation as an entrepreneur, just like employees do. So you can be intentional with your headspace, with that there is an end to your workday, right? So you can honor your roles and your goals. But having that, that time intentionally to serve others with solutions, 25 meetings a week, and then realizing all you're doing in sales is just problem solving, helping the person in front of you to become problem aware and solution seeking. That's all you have to do. That's the foundation of sales strategy. What do you think, Harry? I so love it. And if people are not problem aware, no matter how great your product is, there's nothing magical that you can say that's going to get them to buy because they don't need you in their mind. And if they don't need you, there's no point in trying to put the pressure and trying to close them. So I love it. And, and people always buy your authority, your credibility, and your relatability first and foremost. I was just talking about this in uh, open office hours. I said, listen, if you're not relatable, you're not referable. Because most people we talk about, you know, I always say everyone in front of you is a prospect, a client, or a referral partner because the brain can only focus on one thing at a time. And if you're sitting there with someone in front of you trying to figure out, oh, should I sell to them? Should I not sell to them? No, no, no. The goal is to make them aware of how you serve others with solutions and vice versa. But are you referable? Because people also, you know, I was talking to um, someone in my program, they do IT, everything, the IT guy, right? Mm -hmm. But also a Trekkie. And so I was saying, you know, are you, are you blending that into your marketing strategy? Are you, are you talking about Star Trek? You know, my, my, one of my sons is James Tiberius. So I was like, Hey, I understand you. Uh, he's Captain Kirk of the enterprise, but are you blending, you know, who you're being when you're doing so that your prospects can relate to you? Because once you're relatable, you become referable. Mm. So in the world of sales. Yeah. I mean, so the, like this thing, cause I do similar things. It's like when you're having a conversation, you can't really overthink what you're trying, what the end game for you is in that conversation. So I always default to, I'm just going to be a really good listener here and help this person. And this is the Maya Angelou type thing where People remember how you make them feel more than what you say. And so this, I feel, has gotten me referrals just because, you know, people feel like, you know, whatever the term is, if it's safe or this guy's a good listener or he provides some good insight, whatever it is, I don't ask, but they give the referrals. So is that kind of what you're talking about there? Sure. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, like John Maxwell says, who do you know that I should know? There's nothing wrong with asking. Right. The only thing that's wrong is that for many of us as entrepreneurs, we're selling ourselves limiting beliefs. And then we sell the person in front of us our limiting beliefs about, oh, I'm not going to say this because they're going to think I'm salesy. And well, right. they buy our limiting beliefs and they that costs us, right? Right. They're expensive yeah. when you sell them limiting beliefs. They do. They are very expensive. And like, so what you just said is so much better than, you know, the traditional 
who can you refer to me that might need what I, right? Instead of who should I know? And it's just, then it just leaves the door open for the person to interpret that. Yes. The goal is to be, to create an experience with the person in front of you. You know, conversations create clients and closings, but I will say content, consistent content creates curiosity. So when you're marketing, you want to be utilizing something like social media platforms so that you're visible because when you're visible on social media platforms where everyone's scrolling in between mm. talking to clients in between, you know, coaching their teams, et cetera, right? They're scrolling. Yeah. So if they can feel like they can relate to you and know you before they hop on your calendar or even have a conversation with you, well, then you're going to get much more, you know, like, Hey, DM saying, Hey, I'd like to talk to you because it's going to be easy. They feel like they already know you. And exactly. like, and this is where this whole thing that we we're talking before about the imposter thought is that you already have people liking you. You already have new friends and there are, there's a whole nother community of people that aren't even commenting or liking your posts. So if you have people, whatever, if you get 500 views on something on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and you've got four comments and seven likes, well, does that mean the other 89 people don't like you or they're just not going to raise their hand and say, I like this guy's post or this gal's post or something like that. So it's really a lot bigger than we might think. Well, a couple of thoughts, actually. Social media LinkedIn guru was telling me that only 4% of the billions of people on LinkedIn post, only 4%. Mm. So LinkedIn is really the next hotbed for prospecting, for LinkedIn ads, similar to Facebook ads. But the other component I love about LinkedIn community, I love my LinkedIn community, mm. <laughs> that they're all go-getters who are focused on personal development and professional success. And it's like, you know what the conversation you're getting into because it's going to be real, authentic, and we're all in the growth mindset. So I would say something, the people that don't look at you, don't focus on those people, focus on the people who are looking at you and then focus on empowering the people who are, are wanting that more and better that you have to offer. So true. I just had a conversation with someone today who I've not really had a conversation with. We've been connected for a few years and we are in similar circles. We comment on the same posts and then she commented on my post. I'm like, why you know, I, I, I scratch my head sometimes. It's like, what am I thinking? I don't know really hardly anything about this person other than we are, we have similar interests. So of course it was a stellar conversation, oh. right? Once you do this. So let's go back. I'm trying to stay on track, but my mind is going a lot of different directions, which is pretty normal for me. But you brought up this going to other people's websites, right? Competitive websites. What, what would someone do like who is just kind of uncomfortable, like they're spying? It's like, I don't want to copy this person. They're going to find out I'm even more of an imposter. So walk me through maybe what someone could do to kind of get over that and take the steps they need to take when they do it. Well, understanding the role of organic market research to monetize your influence putting those two things together. Most entrepreneurs say, I don't know how to create contact or content. I don't know how mm. to prospect in conversations. I don't know how to become the authority on my area of expertise, right? Because if you want to make an impact and bring in an income, 
you really want to represent the authority in your industry. So for example, I was talking to a mindset coach and I obviously I do mindset coaching as well, but I was talking, I was talking to her and I said, who are, according to Google, go on the Google and search the top mindset coaches. Ed Milet came up, Brendan Bouchard came up, Mel Robbins came up. And, and so they all came up. So what you do in order to prospect, to network, to brand yourself is you go and look at their Facebook groups, look who's following them, add them as friends, and then do some social media presence with their videos. Start to align yourself with their market. So you love mindset coaching. If you're looking to break into that industry, or if, if you're looking to break into the IT field, look at the top IT companies, look at how they're branding, look at their color schemes, look at their marketing strategy. Do they have a funnel? What words are they saying? What are the other people commenting about them in social media? So that's how you do organic market research in order to monetize your influence, because then you are able to make it your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm I'm really liking this. I'm going to give you an example. I have a friend who does stuff that's similar to me. He's been doing it for longer. And is this it's a, a make-believe friend? friend. It's a make-believe friend. Okay. I have, I have, and she may have three boys and she may be in coaching. I'm not talking about <laughs> All right, me. okay. I, I I have been to your website. It's beautiful, by the way. It's red and black, I think, if I recall. Red, black, and white. All right, so uh, this person uses this word throughout their marketing. Mm -hmm. And the word is, I don't even want to tell you what the word is because they, they're going to own, they're going to listen to this podcast. Oh. They're going to say, you bet spy on me. The word is trust. Okay. Okay, so you might have heard no like and trust, things like that, right? Trust comes up quite a bit in sales. And I was staying away from the word because I didn't want to look like I was taking from the person. You can't copyright the word trust. I know it's oh, silly, man. isn't it? It's just You're... like, come on, Harry. There's a vocabulary. We all use it when we're speaking English. No one owns the trust word. So you have permission to use the trust word as well. So that would be one of my little hangups that I had in the past that, you know, over time you say, well, this is really silly. Is there anything else that's silly that people might do that, you know, without picking on me too much? Well, it's, well, actually it was beautiful what you said, because it was relatable. Oftentimes we look at what other people are doing in our industry and we say, oh, we can't use that word. It's a generic word. Trust is a generic word, but you're attaching it to a program in your headspace. You're walking through a whole bunch more data and information about this, this person's website and comparing it and trying to, you're, you're all in their brand versus stepping out of their brand and stepping into your own. So you want to ask yourself, even on paper, how can I apply the word trust? What's important about that word trust? And how would I apply it to the people that I, I want to be known for? I always say, you know, when it comes to branding yourself, you want to, you will only be known for one thing. So what do you want to be known for? I want to be known for empowered entrepreneurship. And it's something I can never run out of, of gas talking about. You know, I will literally until the cows come home, I can talk about every aspect of entrepreneurship and the beauty and the freedom and, and the, the limitless potential in entrepreneurship. So you always want, when you're in a place where you're a startup entrepreneur or you're rebranding, because that's what we do as entrepreneurs, we rebrand. 
ask yourself again, what do I want to be known for in the target market? What do I want to be the authority on? How often does one think about rebranding or re or pivoting or repositioning? What's normal, would you say? I would say I notice organic market shifts every three to six months based on what people want. I noticed that because I've always, you always want to have your, your finger on the pulse of the industry changes as an entrepreneur, as a coach, you want to see how it's shifting typically in the new year. Like for example, I was in a networking group and there was a poll on what do people want to focus on in the new year? 70% of people said personal development. Mm. So what did I do? I added personal development to my LinkedIn profile, Yeah. but I also do focus on that in my programs. So you always mm. want to, you want to become a search engine, Yeah. become a search engine, and then you'll never run out of content to create. You'll never run out of new prospects to meet because you're constantly evolving because your business is based on you. So your business will continue to evolve. It's not something like a stop button. Like every three months, I'm going to rebrand. It's, it's a constant evolution of business growth based on your organic market research. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking as you say this, is that you're, one is constantly being aware of what's going on in the marketplace. So it'd be kind of silly just to say, well, I'm good for the next several months because I saw something today, I made, <laughs> I made an edit and now I'm good and I can reevaluate in six months or whatever, but things are changing constantly. So just being in tune with that allows the flexibility. I see that you want to say something, so go. <laughs> Anytime that we share together, Harry. I want you to know you're one of my favorite podcasters. Awesome. I'm saying Likewise. that. Very really... easy to, yeah, good banter. But gosh, I, I totally got stuck on just enjoying your presence. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, what did you say before this? I have to go. Well, back. we were talking about switching every few months and not having a pulse on what's going on around you. Right? Okay. And you said that you I got I, it. Okay. I lost it for a second. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I could say, I want to focus on mindset today. Mm -hmm. Say, I want to focus on sales strategy today. But then when I look at what entrepreneurs are seeking, if I go in Google and say, what do entrepreneurs want to focus on today in 2024 right now? And if it's not marketing, but I'm going to focus my efforts on my marketing, email campaign, blasting, everything, but they say personal development or they say social media, then I'm going to miss the boat because it's like, we're not connecting. So it's not really about what I would like to focus on. It's always about the person in front of me. What do they want to focus on? And that's how you create your sales strategy all of your communication strategies, your branding. It's always about what your prospect needs and wants, not about what I think they should want. Right. Or what I'm inspired by at this moment doesn't really matter. Yeah. Dang. That's really good. I was, yeah, because we can get really comfortable with what's in our comfort zone and say, well, I like to talk about this. I'm really good at this. this is what I love. I'm passionate about this, but it may not be resonating. And maybe there's a time for a little bit of a shift which may have something to do with it. Is there a title in your book that has a word? Is there a word shift in the title of your book? I something? say give yourself a shift, a mindset yeah. shift whenever you'd like. Yes. So so how does this all work, right? Where people are busy, they're really in the zone, they're doing what they think is right, nose to the grindstone, so to speak. 
how do you step out of yourself with the blinders that are on and where you can say, look, I've got to, I, I just want to see where I am, where I'm going and kind of remove myself from myself. Was there a way of doing that that you suggest? Start with if you have zero clients. All right. So I lost you for a second. So can you just came back. So I apparently froze up. So can you just start from how, if you heard me and how you started to respond? So let's start with if you're an entrepreneur or a coach and you have zero clients. If you have zero clients, choose what you want to be known for brainstorm about how many different offshoots of that topic you can speak about based on your area of expertise, and then start immediately researching those top authorities in the industry and start to model your stuff, your content, your marketing, your branding, even just color schemes after the ones that you find you identify with the most. Hmm. Now, if you do have clients, this is going to be gold and easy for you. You're going to ask them, you know, what was the reason you wanted to work together? What was it that I said? What was your biggest takeaway? If you have video testimonials, see what people are consistently saying about you, about the takeaways from your program, about the takeaways of your skill set. That will help to dictate your brand and see who you're attracting, right? There have been so many different times based on uh, my branding, all of a sudden I'm working with seven graphic that's that I wouldn't have thought I, but there, that's what I'm attracting right now. Mm. I'm working with more entrepreneurs or more coaches. Like, so it's, it's very different, but the way you figure out what you should be speaking about or how to build your brand or your new marketing strategy is looking at your testimonials. Look at the clients that you're already working with or the prospects you're attracting the people who are following your posts. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe do you ever ask your social media followers what is interesting to them, or do you just throw stuff out and see the reaction of a post, for instance? Uh, well, coming from a journalism background, I really enjoy writing. So I kind of do both. Mm -hmm. So I've got to like, I throw this out there and I'm like, Oh, I'm see, I'm going to see what sticks. I also like fishing. So yeah. I'm like fishing. Right. But oftentimes, especially when I'm trying to honor, like honor people and honor their intentions. Like when I chose the book title stuck on ready, I asked so many people across all platforms, LinkedIn, Alignable, Facebook, my email blast, what do you think of this title? And then, yeah. and then it was interesting. And then the subtitle as well. I had 197 responses in one group and that's how I chose the subtitle. And that's also a way of promoting yourself because people now know you have a book. So, exactly. I, so when rebranding comes around, like when I create a new self-paced program, it is all about the prospect. It's all about what's in their headspace, their heart space, and what they want for their destination of their future successful self. Yeah. So you're really using, and this is, you know, a slightly different topic, but it's all about marketing and branding is the value of a book. A lot of people are intimidated by that, but what's, do you think people need to be intimidated that a book is only for a certain few or? I highly recommend that people, at least entrepreneurs and coaches or consultants or leaders in any industry do a co-authoring project, which is very easy to do, mm. the, or write your own book, even if it's a tips book. Number one, it's, it's, it's a level of self-actual that you hit as a business owner. And so it's very, it, you just feel fulfilled when you write your own book, right? You know, Harry, yeah. you, I have it on my shelf. So I highly recommend that people get into 
sharing their thoughts, their words of wisdom and their inspiration through writing a book and co-authored projects are great. I just finished two. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what did you like about the co-authoring? Well, it's extremely cost-effective and you don't have to go find an editor. You don't have to publish it. You don't have to do anything. You just submit your writing and your area of expertise, and then they take care of the rest. Ah, yes. So that's what I love about it. It's economical and uh, probably gets done a little bit uh, easier. So, oh, just but, write yeah. it and hand it off. It's yeah. Amazing. I was talking to someone recently about marketing the book and how I know you're not like this because I've seen you with your book and giving out copies or providing e different things, right? I, I see you doing that. Some will feel that they're too busy to do that. And they're just, you know, they want to write the book and be done with it. But if you're, if it's a nonfiction book and you're in business, I mean, where's the wisdom in that? So how to market your book essentially, or get it into people's hands? Yeah. You want to be doing that right in the first place. You shouldn't just, I mean, if you, you mentioned about like, it's kind of a, you didn't say badge of honor, but it's just, it kind of brings you to a point where you could say, I wrote this book based on my experience and it is a great feeling, but you really can do a lot more with it, right? Is it get that message out? And some will say things like throwing this out there. Well, I don't really like to self-promote. I was taught not to be braggadocious or whatever the term is, right? So you go, what's your, what's your line of thinking here? Well, after coaching so many individuals, the reason that I, I coach is that I know the strategies that I give people are going to help them to have a romance with life, but also know how to sell brand and market themselves to grow their business. So I wrote the book hoping that I could inspire more people mm. and equip them for business growth apart from talking to me. So I get really amped up about like, oh, you should look at the law of deservability in this book or go to how to um, talk about closing, always be closing. Like, let me show you a different way of thinking about this because what, what like gets me more excited than anything is when an entrepreneur looks at me and says, Hey, look at, I, I started working with, you know, two clients, five clients, 10 clients and says like, I did it, Bridget. I did it. Like I'm actually able to monetize my influence, which is self-actualization as an entrepreneur. Once we're able to bridge that gap and create consistent sales cycles to empower the person in front of you, no matter what, I mean, it's just the most incredible feeling. So I knew that the book is providing solutions mm, for yeah. people to utilize. It's not a book to read. It's a book to do. So the more hands that I can get on that book and, and practicing those strategies, I know they'll become an empowerment generator and they'll start creating that culture of connectivity around them. Yeah. And do you ever feel like the world is going to get tired of Bridget Hum with all of the stuff that you're publishing and producing and the videos that you're creating? Does that ever even cross your mind? Well, I don't think about myself that often, Harry. <laughs> like that's my first thought. I don't really think about myself that often. Even when I'm working with someone, I'm not thinking about it as my solution that's going to help them. I'm not thinking about it as me, Bridget Hom, helping them. I am just all in their problem and knowing what the solution is. And I get to be the bringer of that solution. 
So now I don't think, and I'm constantly focusing on what do people need next? Like, so I'm constantly having conversations, figuring out what speaks to people. So I, I hope that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great answer. I mean, not that I'm judging your answers because they're all great, but for someone like me who used to think similarly, similarly, I would say, well, there, I'm even sick of looking at myself. And so I would slow down on social media. There's a little self-deprecation there. But I realized that I, if I was selling Harry Spate and I was Jim Smith, it would be real easy for me to sell Harry Spate because that guy's lived it. He's been there. He knows his stuff. The issue I had was Harry Spate selling Harry Spate is, oh, that's all self-promotion. So removing myself from myself there, realized that I wasn't self-promoting. I was promoting a solution to people's problems, not promoting this persona. It's here, your problems can be solved. You can live a better life. That's a lot easier to promote than, oh my God, people are gonna get tired of me because I'm promoting myself again. It's not, it's not even a thought anymore. It used to be though. No. Did you ever have that? That's funny. It's probably, probably at some point, Harry, for sure. I think that's sort of when you start selling yourself, especially as a coach or product manager or service, it's easy to, to feel like you're in that setting nowadays. Absolutely not. I don't even see myself. I see the power lies in the connection between someone's problem and the solution that I'm offering them. And I know the way I could deliver it Mm. and the power in the delivery and that person's going to get it. So that's where I get inside. Like, that's where I go. It's not that Bridget Hom's giving the solution. That's it's funny even saying that. To <laughs> I don't think like that. I'm just, when I do a video, I am thinking of the person who's watching it. I'm thinking of the struggling entrepreneur who was an employee who doesn't know how to make ends meet. I'm thinking about the coach who desperately wants to help people and has an amazing message, but they don't know how to sell brand and market themselves. Like that's what I'm thinking of. Whenever I create a video or content, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the person watching it and how I want you to feel and think and believe about yourself. And that's why I never run out because I'm never thinking about myself at all. It's not, it's not a thing. Right. Yeah. I I think this is, well, we get there. I get there. I've gotten there. I feel I remember someone recently said, how do you come up with all of this content? It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's part of living. It's there. It's like everything that we do in life can be easily be content for me, but it wasn't always the case. No, it's practice. Yeah, yeah. It feels is like a muscle. Like if yeah. I go to the gym tomorrow and expect to live the heavyweights that my husband's lifting, it's not going to happen. Mm. You've got to practice sales every single day to grow that muscle till it becomes a natural awareness for you. And it becomes natural for you to have someone in front of you become problem aware and solution seeking. And it just is second nature. Mm. That's where you want to get as an entrepreneur. Problem aware and solution seeking. Yes. So freaking awesome. So that means you have to have meetings with people. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. So I, So just take this. I'm not a good closer. I have a lot of conversations. I'm not a good closer. If I said that to you, what would you, I mean, what would be the first thing that you would pick up on if I said, I'm not a good closer? 
Well, I pick up on first, you said you have, you're having a lot of conversations. So yes. Awesome. Thing. Second thing, I would ask you where, what part in the conversation do you get stuck? Yeah. So the, what you're okay. selling yourself in your headspace. Yeah. So I, it's the first thing is really what is a lot, right? It's the first thing that comes to my mind when people say, what is a lot? It's like, if we assume that a lot for them isn't a lot for us, then th yeah, there's a problem. But if a mm -hmm. lot for them is twice a month, there's not enough, right? I make, I remember telling my sales manager, I make a lot of calls he, and I didn't realize that my calls were being tracked. And oh, he pulls out this report and he says, we're tracking your calls. Do you want to change your answer? I'm like, no, I'm good. He says, how many calls do you think you made this week? And I said, I don't know, 100, 150. He, goes, he says, how's 22 sound? I I'm like, that cannot be my number. Oh, funny because, well, it's, it's because what we're listening to, the mental chatter, inside our headspace. And so oftentimes we get exhausted or overwhelmed or burnt out because of the mental team that we've hired. Mm. And so you feel, and I always say, feelings aren't your friends in business growth. You feel like you've made a lot of calls. You feel like you've put in the work. You feel like you're doing your best effort. But the truth is, until we actually look, quiet the noise, pause with a purpose, and write down exactly what we're actually doing or have a real raw conversation with ourselves and maybe with someone who can help, you know, figure that out. Say like, get some clarity, right? Exactly. Like, there might be a coach or two available. Well, exactly. And most yeah. coaches offer a 30 minute call. They do. Mm -hmm. Most of them do for, for prospecting, but also, I mean, just to empower, like, you mm -hmm. know, him. I mean, anyone who's been on a call with me, I will give them as much value strategies based on where they're at as possible, because I want them to succeed so much, so much. That's just my number one goal. If they want to partner with me and it's in alignment, then, then we have a conversation, but that's not my number one goal. My number one goal is to show up well and authentically. My number two goal is to empower the person in front of me, no matter what, no matter what. I could go on for a long time and I want to. How are you doing for time? It's three o'clock. Does your day come to an end here? Uh, yes, I have to go get the children. Yeah, okay. So this is awesome. All right, so Bridget, this has been phenomenal. I knew it would be. Whenever we get together, it's incredible. Okay. Brilliance, just a brilliant light is shining from the mountaintop and is just filling me up with ideas and thoughts and so much to apply from this podcast. Uh, it's been a real blessing to have you on. Harry, I, I could do podcasts with you daily. You're an exceptional <laughs> person. Let's do it. We need <laughs> to do some stuff together. We'll have some fun. It's been a blast. Welcome to Sales Made Easy, a podcast for business and personal growth. Join Harry Spate as he hosts sales experts and business owners who share their journeys of personal growth and business success. Now, here's your host, Harry. Thank you for listening to Sales Made Easy. If you found value in our conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. Our goal is to provide practical strategies for growing your business while staying true to your values. Remember, success in sales is about serving your clients. Serve first and the selling will follow. Thank you for listening to Sales Made Easy. If you found